Hi there, and welcome to It's Coming with Kim and Christine. I'm Kim. And I'm Christine. And this is It's Coming, a podcast about the signs of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And today's episode is called Cursed Waters. That's right. Cursed Waters. Yeah, I don't like that because I love the water. Don't curse my water. <laughs> this one probably well, goes with know. taking away my sunshine on the darkness episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all bad news. <laughs> yeah, be- it's not because as a result of the cursed waters, Jesus Christ will come again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I don't even know, like, what to say about cursed waters because is, yeah, is this like about mass bodies of water or about storms that will come down? I think we're talking more about the bodies of water. Okay. Yeah. Not, not storms. And this isn't the one about like where, you know, they turn to blood. It might be. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Okay, so this could tie back to some of the other previous episodes. Yes. We might not be talking about an additional awful thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's always good when we just get a little more in-depth on one topic versus adding another. Yeah, especially when they're bad things. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. We don't need more of them. We just can learn more about them. Did you ever hear uh, growing up or any time like that Satan has control over the waters? No. You're lucky. No, (laughs) No, it's just one of those. um, I would call it like a Mormon myth, you know, that that Satan has control over the waters. I think it stemmed perhaps from, uh, you know, like missionaries aren't allowed to go swimming. Oh, my gosh. None of that's ringing a bell. You know, they're not also not allowed to go horseback riding, but we don't think that Satan has control over horses. Most I would say 99.9 percent of missionary rules happen because boys or girls, young kids do stupid things. Oh, and then on, they have Kim. to make a rule. You know, it's the boys. <laughs> I was trying to be PC there for a little bit, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how missionary rules get made. Yes. They do something stupid. It costs a lot of money. And so they say no one else can do that anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. But then people start telling tales, huh? And like, th- that's the missionary mm-hmm. who probably did the stupid thing that cost a lot of money. <laughs> Trying to, you know, divert the yeah. attention that it must be because the waters are cursed by Satan, not now, because he did something stupid. Now, all those missionaries that like go to Fiji on their mission and to these beautiful islands, they yes. can't even go swimming ever. All because of that one person. Okay, so when my kids were little, when my oldest son was probably a toddler, I read this article. I used to read a ton because he was so much work as a child. He was like this little... Tasmanian devil child. And I would read these articles all the time, just looking for parenting guidance and advice. Like, what am I going to do with this kid? (laughs) Well, this one article I read talked about how when a boy does something wrong and gets injured, they think it's a fluke accident. And (laughs) they walk away from that, you know, complete intact as far as their mental, um, you know, they don't think they did anything wrong. And they don't walk away thinking, oh, did I do something that caused that pain? No, it was a fluke accident where girls generally, if something goes wrong and they get injured, will go, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that again. 
And I thought when my son, and I don't know if this is true, this was in a magazine article like 23 years ago. But, but it sounds true. It sounded so true because I was like, I live this life. I have this kid who like does not connect the dots to say, don't do that again. Therefore, now we have lots of missionary rules. <laughs> a whole little book of them. <laughs> to prohibit fluke accidents. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's get into Well, like, I think where, where the whole idea possibly came from was from Doctrine and Covenants section 61. Brief little historical background. This is where uh, Joseph Smith and another and a group of people were traveling and they were going home to Missouri and they were traveling on the river actually by canoe. And uh, they pulled over to make camp or something for the night and W.W. Phelps he saw a vision of what he said was the destroyer upon the waters of the the river. And it was pretty ferocious. And other people in the company heard things, but he was the only one that actually saw this vision. And so it was actually because of that, that section 61 was given. And it talks somewhat about the waters. Just to clarify, Satan has control over like perhaps somewhat the elements like a little bit but really Jesus is the one that's in charge of all all things like he's the one that can calm the raging seas and walk right? on water and that kind right. of thing. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone's in control. I think Satan tries to influence all things on earth. Uh but he has no I would not say he has control because to me control is is like the superior you know, <laughs> act or whatever. I don't, I don't know what to call that, but like, it's much more superior. And I would say there's nothing that Satan has control of unless I guess God grants it and allows it. But okay. Yeah. You know, I, gosh, I, I read somewhere in my studying how Satan has a little bit of control over the elements, but just far less than Jesus. And I wish I now had a Nice little quote for you on that. Sadly, I don't. I didn't guess I didn't really plan on talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the difference between, you know, that he might be able to control some things, but God has all power, yes. all control. Yes. Yeah. Far greater, for sure. He trumps it all. He is the creator and he's in control. Yep. And really the rule from the missionaries had, I'm sure, way more to do with some Silly elder doing something stupid. <laughs> something. <laughs> and they said, don't let that happen again. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go to section 61, talking about a sign of the times that I find really interesting. And start in verse 14, okay. where it says, Behold, I, the Lord, in the beginning, blessed the waters, but in the last days, by the mouth of my servant John, I cursed the waters. Hmm. Okay. Wherefore, the days will come that no flesh shall be safe upon the waters. And it shall be said in days to come that none is able to go up to the land of Zion upon the waters, but he that is upright in heart. What do you think of that? I think I need to remain upright in heart because I love the water. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this definitely goes into the category of something that in large part has not happened yet. You know, no one can say that, you know, no one can 
go up to the land of Zion, but he that is upright in heart. I think about also there's so much going on in our our country right now with um, in regards to immigration. And this is like the Lord will take care of immigration when he wants to. <laughs> no, no one is able to go up to the land of Zion, but he that is upright in heart. <laughs> there's like the great immigration policy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's interesting how it, so it's, first of all, it makes reference to something that the this little plan of the Lord's in the beginning where it says that in the beginning, I, the Lord, in the beginning, bless the waters. So if you look at your cross-reference there, it takes you back to Genesis. And so in the beginning, God blessed the waters and cursed the land, but in the last days, he will he will bless the land and curse the waters. Have you heard that before? I don't think I I have. I I mean, th- theoretically, I have because it's not like I've never read this chapter before. But right, I guess right. I just never really thought about that statement enough. Yeah. So, like, if you keep going in verse seventeen, it says, "And as I, the Lord, in the beginning cursed the land, even so in the last days I have blessed it, in its time for the use of my saints." that they might partake of the fatness thereof. Hmm. And when I say this, when I read this part where it says in its time, I wonder if that, if the blessing of the land has even happened yet, which maybe it has. Joseph Fielding Smith, who of course is prophet and knows quite a bit. He says that this has been coming on for some time that, that the land is blessed and that the productivity as far as agriculture is, is so greatly increased over how it used to be and some other things. But I, when I read this too, I, I, I say, okay, I read, in the last days I have blessed it in its time for the use of my saints that they may partake of the fatness thereof. And I was also reading in um, uh, 2 Nephi 14, um, where it says, in that day, so we're talking about the last days, the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the earth excellent. So it's talking about good food coming out of the earth and comely to them that are escaped of Israel. So it's talking about those that are, so, it, and if you read on the rest of the chapter, it's, it's clearly talking about the escaped of Israel and the gathering to Zion. And it's basically saying like in that day, so we we're talking about the, Gathering to Zion in reference also to the fruit of the earth being excellent. Then looking here where it also says that in its time for the use of my saints, that he will bless the land. He's going to bless the land, but at the same time, curse the waters. If you go back to, you know, in Genesis and read how he uh, blessed the waters, it talks about how all the all the wonderful little water animals are going to be so happy and and do so well and also talks about like how hard it was to it was a reference to adam and how he he would struggle with um agriculture essentially <laughs> if that makes any sense yes. um, if you read the cleansing of america by cleon skousen which is very i don't plan to yeah it's an interesting <laughs> book i i don't agree with all of his assumptions, but he says, in his opinion, that in the last days when it comes time for Zion to be established and for the new Jerusalem to be built, that at some point in the future that America would be cleansed 
that the wicked wouldn't be around anymore and that the Lord would protect this entire country that we live in, or you might say continent, uh, and protect it by the waters. So, and using this verse, which I think is a lot of assumptions to make. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, sure a lot is. of assumptions to make. But I, it is, it will be interesting. I, I hope I'm around to see what it, how this really plays out that the day will come that no flesh shall be safe upon the waters. Well, and I think, you know, if you look at the cross reference, so in verse 14, where it, it says, by the mouth of my servant John, right? So he's taking us back to Revelation and to John's prophecies as it relates. And, you know, it does talk about, you know, everything dying in the sea and ships being destroyed, right? So there is a prophecy there of something of destruction when it comes as it relates to the water, right? It's all talking about the water. The cross reference actually takes you to the third trump, just as a little refresher. Mm -hmm. uh, the first trump is the one that I think we're in right now, which is blood, hail, and fire. And the second trump is the one that to me seems like a volcano. It's uh, the fiery mountain blowing into the sea. And then the third trump, I'll read it. It's um, Revelation 8, starting in verse 10. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star was called Wormwood, which also as a reminder, Wormwood means um, uh, bitterness comes to those who follow. Anyway, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, that, they, that many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And then also remember that there were a couple of the plagues in Revelation 16 that had to do with water. So how much of this is overlap? I, you know, we don't know. Numbers two and three of the plagues. Number two, starting in verse three, we're in Revelation 16, said, and the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea and it became as the blood of a dead man and every living soul died in the sea. The third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of waters, and they became blood, which, again, we already talked about and, and how that might be fulfilled. So, yeah, how much of this is like overlap? It, uh, hopefully it is all overlap and there's not, like we said, more, more things. <laughs> exactly. But I did find it just interesting, too, to think that in the last days that the land would be blessed and the waters would be cursed. Let's see here. I also wanted to share like a little bit of this quote. So Joseph Fielding Smith, he said, the word of the Lord has been and is being fulfilled in relation to those waters. While the Lord has spoken of the sea heaving itself beyond its bounds and the waves roaring, yet we must include the great destruction upon the waters by means of war, especially by submarine warfare, as we have learned in recent years. So that kind of puts a different spin on it too, to think maybe this isn't, you know, that this lack of safety on the waters might have to do with submarines, which is a different thought altogether. Yeah, it's that's a interesting thought to think of it as being leveraging the waters for war. And that is what makes them unsafe. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, kind of a simple concept, but I wanted to bring it out just because I had been reading Doctrine and Covenants 61, which I think is 
a little bit more clear in some ways, being the Doctrine and Covenants than, say, the Book of Revelation. Uh, definitely a sign in the last days. Imagining the seas being cursed, but the but the earth being blessed, and the day coming that no flesh would be safe upon the waters. Well, I'm just going to say I have found this to be extraordinarily depressing because (laughs) (laughs) I love the beach. I love the water. I lived in Tampa for a year and a half. And the one summer I was there, we had what they called a red tide, which meant you couldn't go to the beach because it was dangerous and bad. And uh, that was one one summer and I survived it because it went away. But uh, this sounds like it might last more than a month or two. (laughs) I don't know. It. It might not. I, it it might not affect your beaches. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure the beaches will be fine because the land has been blessed. So where the water meets the land, it blesses the water. I doubt it. <laughs> I yeah, I was reading um, uh, not long ago where it talked. It was referring to famine. I think it was. It was either in Zedekiah or Zechariah or something that started with a Z. Anyway. It was referring to a famine that would happen and be harmful to those that fought against Jerusalem in the Battle of Armageddon. So it was like specifically referring to famine harming those that fought against the Jews after the Battle of Armageddon. And I thought, well, how awesome if that's the only, because there are several places that talk about famine. We'll have to do a podcast on famine sometime just for, for a really good time. Listen for to a us really good time. Yeah. For a really good time. Tune in. <laughs> but I thought to myself, oh, you know, because before I had, you know, read reference to famine many, many times. And I thought maybe the famine won't hurt the good people of the earth, you know, because yeah. perhaps you know, we'll have those blessings that are spoken of in those verses that I just read about the earth being blessed. Fat. And 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 specifically in both of them, it's t- saying that we get to partake of the fatness. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but also specifically saying that the the land is blessed, um, like in verse in, in 61, it's like for the use of my saints. And that other one, it also made reference like the Earth is blessed. How does it say there? The fruit of the earth, excellent to them that are escaped of Israel. You see that? Like, it's not blessed for everybody across the whole earth. Like, maybe the awful terrorists are not having the earth blessed. (laughs) But perhaps the followers of Christ in the last days are having the earth blessed. Uh, As far as, like, it being fruitful and, and making really delicious peaches and cherries. and I, I would assume that has to happen after we've had that great division. If you go back to the podcast yeah. on the great division, because I can't imagine my garden flourishing and then the neighbor's garden <laughs> <laughs> dried up. Well, let's say it happens, but the neighbor that's all part of that great division. terrorist. <laughs> and then is there something now, now I'm really going to just get off on some crazy thoughts here, but is there something about New Jerusalem being in Missouri where it's away from the water? Is that why it's not on a beach somewhere? I don't know. I don't know. It just is where. Well, I think that our big takeaway today is get in some beach time this summer because the days are limited and we don't know how many more beach days there'll be (laughs) until the water surface. I think that's an excellent takeaway. (laughs) That's what I'm going to take it as is I need to get in some beach time. (laughs) Okay. 
That's a good one. <laughs> okay, so aside from that happy thought, do you got a umbrella scripture to take us out? I today? do, I do, and I will say that I think a couple of those thoughts in there about the um, the Lord protecting His saints could also be umbrella ish. But I wanted to take mine from First Nephi fourteen, uh, verse two, where it says, "And harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God; they shall be numbered among the seed of my Father." So people that don't harden their hearts uh, against Christ, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel, and they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. They shall no more be brought down into captivity, and the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. A wonderful blessing there, reminding us of the blessings that await those that harden not their hearts against the Savior. So we're, this is episode, I think, 29 today. And I just, as you're reading that scripture, just made me think there are so many blessings promised to those that are faithful and cling to the Lord in difficult times. And so I just, I really think that that needs to be such a takeaway. I think from every podcast is that the Lord knows you and loves you and cares for you. And yes, these signs will come and there will be hard things in the world, but there truly is a blessing of protection in the Lord. Yeah. He has a plan, uh, a plan in place in addition to all the tribulations, but a plan in place to, to bless and protect his people. I love it. All right. Well, thank you, Christine. And thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.